Welcome to the Columbia Church Sermon Podcast. We're so excited to share this weekend's message with you. We hope it encourages you, inspires you, and helps you grow in your faith as a whole life disciple. Enjoy the message. Well, Columbia, what a joy it is to be with you. I could think of nowhere better to be on this, my fifth anniversary. Greg, thanks for your generous introduction. Columbia, we belong together to an incredible worldwide Baptist family of 51 million Baptists and 128 countries and territories. Thank you, Columbia, for your ongoing partnership with the Baptist Road Alliance. Together, many are being touched with the love of Jesus. And it's such a joy for our family to be part of this family as together we serve the family of Jesus Christ. Now, this time of year, there are always many who resolve to pursue better health, personal or spiritual health. What about you? How many of you have made a resolution for this new year? All right, several have. Well, this year, as we've gotten closer to 2023, I've been reflecting on a spiritual challenge I recently heard while in South Korea. I was with Shion, a North Korea defector imprisoned 20 times. To escape North Korea, she sold herself into marriage to a man in China who had been unable to find a wife because he was blind. After they had a child, her husband paid for traffickers to smuggle Shion and their young one to South Korea, where she resettled and then arranged for her husband to join them. In Seoul, Shion began university, where one of her professors witnessed to her. And she came home and she told her husband uh, that she wasn't sure about all of this witnessing and this Christianity. And her husband said, Shion, can't you see? that God has kept you alive, and that God must have a plan for you. I don't know if those Christians have a book, but if they do, would you find it and read it to me since I cannot see? Now, I don't know if you have blind Buddhist husbands encouraging trafficked wives to read their Bible as part of your mission strategy, but this is what happened. Today, Shion is a believer, and she shared these words. This is a story of pain and torture, but we see how God is moving. Even now, the gospel is being preached in North Korea. Even now, I don't say, Lord, don't send me back. I pray, Lord, let your will be done. I believe, she concluded, For the kingdom, there have to be sacrifices and martyrdom. It's a challenging testimony to live as believers who intentionally share in the trouble of others, even if it causes trouble for ourselves. Today, Shion teaches North Korean defectors to copy the Bible word for word. She gives them a journal and a pencil, and she asks them to open up to the gospel of Matthew, and she teaches them to write, without comment, word for word, the entirety of the New Testament as part of their Christian discipleship. So, Columbia, how about it? As we enter into this new year, how many of us would be willing to handwrite the entirety of the New Testament as our spiritual discipline? If you have your Bible, would you open up or power up to Philippians chapter 4? Philippians 
chapter 4. Many of us would struggle to handwrite the New Testament, but as Baptists, we believe the Word of God is powerful and alive. It is conscience and conviction. The wise have studied it. The ancients preserved it. The faithful died for it. The persecuted treasure it. The humble proclaim it. Reformations have grown from it. Revolutions have sprung from it. New life emerges from it. For the Word of God is powerful and alive, and it calls us to share in some good trouble. For the Word of God is good news to the poor, to the marginalized, the rejected, the downcast, and the downtrodden, to the ones in famine, those in prison, those trapped in war and conflict, to the stranger, to the refugee, to those who cannot read, cannot see, cannot hear. The Word of God belongs to you. The Word of God does not belong alone to prophet, priest, or king, but to every man and woman filled with the Holy Spirit. The Word of God belongs to you. It transforms sinners like me, saved by grace. It is a freedom to which we cling, a promise upon which we stake our lives. The Word of God is powerful and alive. Whether we are willing to handwrite the entirety of the Bible or not, as we enter into this new year, let us be those who daily read and study the Word of God. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 12 I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Yet, it was good of you to share in my troubles." Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. This morning we will focus on verse number 14, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles." The great Baptist pastor, U.S. representative, and civil rights leader, John Lewis, is well remembered for his famous invitation to get into some good trouble. In the face of complacency and the reality of injustice against the tide of apathy versus the mountain of violence, when it seems as if the world has turned against you, we are not to settle but to get into some good trouble. And in that statement, John Lewis builds upon what Paul writes in this verse. Paul invites believers to share in some good trouble. In the face of the pressing problems in the world, Paul invites us as individuals and as a church to go and share in some good trouble. This invitation is built upon a powerful promise the promise of contentment in Christ. In a world with so much consumerism and materialism, where it seems like we can just survive the holidays, we can find contentment. Uh, Paul writes it's possible. 
but only as we recognize that our contentment is not contingent upon our comfort. It is only as we accept that our contentment is not contingent upon our comfort that we are freed to follow Jesus into an adventurous discipleship. Comfortable circumstances are a blessing, but our greatest joy and highest kingdom calling will be found when we locate our contentment in Jesus rather than in comfort and circumstance. I think about a Baptist leader in Syria named Haya, a mother of four. Did you know there are nine Baptist churches in Syria? A radicalized group swept through her community one winter. Snow blanketed the ground as the insurgents took Haya and her family, along with the other residents of the building, into the basement. Some of the men were killed immediately. After three days, those who remained alive were expelled to the winds of winter. It was so cold that their feet stuck to the ground. And after two weeks of hiding in an abandoned apartment, they were surviving by rationing for food one olive per person per day. This shocking horror led the family to a nearby Baptist church, and as Haya describes, sitting across that breakfast table, quote, even though I lost everything, I gained Christ. It can seem like a contradiction, contentment, as we share in some good trouble. The promise of Christ is an invitation to discipleship, not a resolution of all problems, though in the grace of the Lord this does sometimes occur. The promise of Christ is not resolution of all problems, reward on this earth, or rescue from all painful circumstances. Rather, the promise for this new year is that whatever the circumstances, we can know contentment in the presence of Jesus Christ because the presence of Jesus is enough. Or we might reverse it. Paul's testimony is that when he did have plenty, it did not necessarily lead to contentment. When he did experience resolution, rescue, or reward, Paul testifies these pale in comparison to the contentment he found in Jesus. I can well remember as a young man feeling separation from God lying in bed ashamed of my choices, fearful that I might die, and wondering if I could ever escape my chains of shame. With Paul, my testimony is that Jesus Christ sets me free. When I gave my life to Jesus, I was changed. And if you are here today or online and you find yourself with questions, trapped in painful circumstances, or disappointed in the lack of fulfillment and the presence of pleasure and success, I want to invite you, turn to Jesus. Contentment in Jesus frees us to join Paul in an even more compelling vision than personal comfort, to stand in the problems of pain and in the grace of Jesus to share in some good trouble. It was good of you, Paul writes, to share in my troubles. 
Now, the Greek word for share in this passage is not a common word, sug koinonoio. It's used only three times in the New Testament. It's built upon a far more common word, koinonia, a close fellowship. But here with this prefix, it's the idea to share in, to be connected to, to associate with, to participate in. It was good of you to be connected to and participate in my troubles. There are times when the Scriptures teach that we are to flee even the very appearance of evil. Yet here, Paul is teaching there are times when it is good, when it is right, when it is the calling of the believer to join into hardship, trouble, and difficulty. The only other time that Paul uses this Greek word is in Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. As believers, we should not share in the causation of trouble and justice. Do not be an originator in the troubles of others. Do not join into societal structures that are good for some, but cause trouble, difficulty, and injustice for others. Whether structural or personal, do not be causative of unjust difficulty. Rather, believers in Christ are to take two steps. First, we are to expose injustice. Second, we are to participate in, connect to, associate with those who are experiencing the impact of unjust difficulty. Do not participate in injustice, but also do not flee it. Expose it and join with those who have experienced its impact. We are to share in making some good trouble. Now, the Greek word for trouble is much more common, used 45 times in the New Testament. Elsewhere, this word is translated as uh, distress, trial, hard-pressed, suffering, persecution. So we might understand this passage as saying it is good when you stand alongside, participate in, share whatever you have with those who are suffering and suffering and persecution. The New Testament, an expanded translation, writes it this way, you did a beautiful thing when you made yourselves fellow partakers with me in my tribulation. It is good and beautiful when you share with those suffering in injustice and persecution. So, can I ask, this year, how will you share with those suffering difficulty, injustice, and persecution? My wife, Amy, and I, we have three uh, young children, and they are a wonderful gift. And I don't know about your home, but we find ourselves saying, you need to share. It is good. Is that good sharing? Have you shared? It's often not easy to share. To share, to give intentionally of our resources, to let go, to release, to choose a smaller level of comfort or perhaps even discomfort. Of course, it's more natural with loved ones. For those of you who are sacrificing to serve someone who is struggling in your family, well done in Jesus Christ. But Paul encourages a further step to share with someone geographically far to share with those who not, 
who may not be of the same language, culture, ethnicity, or place in life, to recognize we may be the prayerful answer to someone's pain even when it is difficult and inconvenient. To recognize that my rights are not as important as what is right in the kingdom of God. To choose to place ourselves into painful realities. To no longer hold, but to share with gospel generosity. It's why we are to move from closed hands to not just open hands, but to live with crucified hands. For only crucified hands can embrace the pain and the suffering around the world. Only crucified love can turn the kiss of betrayal into the birth of hope. In Jesus, only crucified hands can join into the pain of injustice and persecution on a journey of resurrected repair and restoration. With crucified hands, share and making some good trouble. When you enter into the wounds of the world, there is joy in the Lord. I've had the privilege to visit refugee camps, stand before lands laced with landmines, record the testimonies of those beaten and unjustly imprisoned, to travel to areas of persecution and hear testimonies in the midst of failing states. There is tremendous pain around the world, but friends, there is life in the midst of death. There is powerful hope in the midst of pain. There are testimonies in the midst of tribulations. There is Jesus in the midst of these journeys. There is discipleship in the midst of these difficulties. It takes time and perseverance, but with Paul, I want to invite us this new year to follow Jesus into a journey of incredible discipleship, to join Jesus in sharing in some good trouble. Where do you begin? Well, let's consider what Paul identifies just in this passage. First, he identifies himself as a gospel worker on the faith front line. In a world with three billion people still unreached with the good news of Jesus Christ, there are still many living on the faith front line. I think about a woman I met in Germany. Historic floods swept through Germany, claiming many lives. And just several weeks later, I visited an impacted community and had lunch with a church planter and an older woman in her 80s who hosts a church planting small group in her apartment. Now, this woman lives on the third floor of her apartment building. The, the whole street had been devastated by the flood, the building totally down to its concrete studs. And as the flood waters were rising, she was praying until it became necessary for her to go further up in the building and just wait it out. Now, this woman is the only believer on her floor and the only believer in her entire family. And when she came back down, she discovered that all of the apartments on her floor had flooded out. And then she opened her door, and there was not one drop of water in her apartment. It was a miracle. And as her neighbors returned, they asked to know about this God who had saved her apartment. And as she gave this testimony, she radiated passion and joy for sharing Christ in this time of trouble. She ended her story with this question, 
Would you pray for revival and that our small group will be faithful to live in this moment as a missionary witness before the door closes again? I'm grateful for Baptists who share the gospel. In the last 10 years, your worldwide Baptist family has grown 29%. Praise the Lord. Now, this is different region by region. In the last 10 years, the Baptist family in Europe and the Middle East has declined 3%, and in North America, declined 6%. But in the last 10 years, the Baptist family in Asia has grown 20%, in the Caribbean, 48%, in Latin America, 41%. And in the last 10 years, your Baptist family in Africa has grown 134%. From our neighborhoods to the nations, every Baptist is a missionary. We are to live missionally and we are to share in the difficulties others face as they live out gospel witness on the faith front lines. Often beyond the headlines, many live the gospel in great trouble and persecution. One such place is Myanmar. We're nearing the two-year anniversary of the coup that overthrew the democratically elected government of Myanmar. There are 1.7 million Baptists in Myanmar, a growing church facing a brutal crackdown. And Baptists are not alone. Rohingya Muslims had already experienced genocide. The military continues to release aerial bombs on its own civilians. Peaceful protesters shot on the street. One night, a convoy of 15 military vehicles with 60 soldiers arrived at the Kachin Theological Seminary at 1045. They went door by door to every dormitory looking for a New Testament professor who had denounced the military. Fortunately, she escaped into the jungle, and with tears in her eyes, she asked, will the international faith community raise their voices for the victims? She's asking, will you share in our trouble? Will you make some good trouble with us? And your BWA family is involved. We've sent emergent food to thousands of people and helped hundreds of pastoral leaders so they can share the gospel and minister in this tragedy. Today, I'm asking for your prayers for Pastor Samson. Three weeks ago, Pastor Samson was illegally arrested by the military in Myanmar and is today being held in an undisclosed location. Would you pray that Pastor Samson would be released and restored to his family and his ministry? And in Nicaragua, on Wednesday, I'll be traveling there to encourage pastors. We'll meet with officials at a time when the government is threatening to confiscate the Baptist hospital and school. And I want to tell them that their Baptist brothers and sisters in Colombia are praying for them. I want, if you will pray this week for Pastor Samson to be released in Myanmar and that the Baptist hospital and school in Nicaragua will be protected, would you raise your hand? And would you continue to give to support Ukraine, which will soon mark the one-year anniversary of this war? Forty-six Baptist churches have been damaged or destroyed, and the occupied territories Baptist pastors are in hiding, millions displaced from their homes, yet you are part of a Baptist family that's helped more than one million people forced to flee from their homes. 
In the last few months, the Baptist churches in Ukraine have had 20,000 first-time visitors and seen 2,300 salvations. Let us share in some good trouble in living out gospel witness around the world. Paul continues in verse 12, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Hunger is a powerful force. That's why our ministry here at Columbia is so important. As you know, poverty does not discriminate, though discrimination influences poverty. Non-livable wages, underemployment, the structures of societies imbued with an ethos of comfort and security can create conditions where hunger festers and where entire segments of our brothers and sisters live in chronic hunger. Families can ration, bills can be prioritized, children can spend the weekend without adequate food. Hunger is a powerful force. And what do the Scriptures teach? Romans 12, 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. Share in their trouble. Matthew 25, 35, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Share in their good trouble. Did you know 37% of all BWA Baptists face the most significant levels of hunger? One out of every three Baptists face significant hunger challenges. One out of every four Baptists face persecution challenges. One out of every five Baptists face ongoing war and violent conflict. We will continue to respond around the world. But at the BWA, we have this radical vision of addressing the reality of hunger, of sharing in this trouble And it begins at your table. We all have a table. Our tables may look different, but everyone has a place where we eat. Can I encourage you, your table can be a kingdom mission. This new year, we can all use our table not just as a place to feed ourselves, but to a place to welcome those in the trouble of hunger, to share with them, identify with them, to be connected relationally with them. This church has many wonderful programs, but this is not about a program. It's about your table and asking the Lord to sanctify our tables as a sacred place to share with those who are in the trouble of hunger. It's not about a closed table or an open table. It's about a crucified table. We all have the ability to live with a crucified table that welcomes one another with a shared meal. Would you invite your family, coworkers, fellow students, neighbors, your community to sit at your table so that you can share in a meal and share in the kingdom of God? Paul writes in verse 12, whether living in plenty or in want. Or we might say, whether living in plenty or in poverty, in the face of systemic poverty, we are to share in some good trouble. Inflation is on the rise, and the long-term effects of COVID-19 is forcing millions of women and girls back into absolute poverty. There are as many refugees today as at any other point in the last 70 years. Within the Baptist family, one out of every four Baptists lives on a salary of less 
than $2,000 per year. With crucified hands, let us make some good trouble. It'll look different for each one of us. It could be literacy coaching, volunteering with a local school, outreach to prisoners and their families, celebrate recovery, refugee ministry, micro-enterprise grants, or befriending someone in your neighborhood. I think about Lena Lavanya in India, one of our BWA Human Rights Award recipients, someone I'm sure who has been at this church. She is sometimes called the Baptist Mother Teresa. After hearing a sermon that ended with this old hymn, I Surrender All, Lena decided to do that, to surrender all to Jesus. Lena and her parents began to fast once a week and to set aside the money that they would have spent on food until they had enough to buy a sewing machine. They gave that sewing machine to a woman who'd been trafficked into modern-day slavery, and with that sewing machine came freedom and a future with hope. And that was the start. Since then, Lena has opened schools, homes for lepers, and ministry to adults and children living with HIV and AIDS. Lena has changed the lives of tens of thousands of people who were among the poorest in all of society, and it all started when she answered the question, will I surrender all? And in so doing, Lena shared in some good trouble. The question this new year is, will we? Is it easy? No, it's not. It literally has the word trouble in it. It's not easy, and it's not common. In verse 15, Paul says, no other church entered into this kind of partnership except for the church in Philippi. What if this is the only church engaged in this way? Paul might say, even if you are the only one, it's worth it. Come and share in some good trouble for Jesus and His kingdom are calling to you. What if we are the only person? What if we are the only family that chooses to live this way? What if we do not feel as if we're able to live this kind of discipleship? Well, Paul connects this crucified generosity on behalf of those who are facing trouble with the far more well-known verse of Philippians 4.13, I can do all of these things through Him who strengthens me. The promise of Jesus' presence, the discipleship that chooses to share in the troubles of this world, is a journey in which Jesus himself will strengthen you. Jesus will give you what you need so that you can share with those in need. That's what Jesus did. While we were still sinners, Jesus left heaven in order to share with us His presence, His mercy, His love, His strength. And now we too are to share in the presence of Christ, the mercy of Christ, the love of Christ, and the strength of Christ into the troubles of this world. Each in our own home, press in using your crucified table as a base for kingdom mission. Each church in its own community Press in with crucified love. Share in these troubles. Each church joining hands with brothers and sisters around the world. Share in the witness of the gospel. Share in hunger. Share in persecution. Share in poverty. This new year, 
you can know contentment in Christ, and you can do all things through Jesus who will strengthen you to share in making some good trouble. As we head into this new year, would you hear God's calling not to live with closed hands or even open hands, but to live with crucified hands? For in the end, this is the invitation in this new year. Will you share in making some good trouble? Heavenly Father, we thank You for this church. We thank You for this new year where we can declare again how great You are. And Lord, as we look at Your greatness, we ask that You would move in us and through us in the midst of the wounds of this world with Your joy around our home and around the world. Send us this new year with Your crucified love. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Wow, what a great way to begin a new year. Amen? Thanks to our worship team, both those on the stage and those behind the scenes, and special thanks to Dr. Elijah Brown. I'm so grateful that Columbia is a major supporter of the Baptist World Alliance, and if you'd like to know more, just send me an email. So, as you continue this journey into 2023... Say with me, you go ignite passion for Jesus Christ from Metro Washington to the world. Grace and peace. We'll see you soon. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Metro DC area, we would love to worship with you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about all the incredible things happening at Columbia, go to ColumbiaBaptist.org. That's ColumbiaBaptist.org. 